welcome everyone to KSQD Santa Cruz at 90.7 FM. I'm Jacob Sheckman, and you're listening to our show, What to Be, where we interview inspiring people and highlight their careers. What to Be is a program provided by Your Future is Our Business, a Santa Cruz County nonprofit that helps students explore careers through programs such as college and career expos, career panels, and other work-based learning activities. Please note the views and opinions expressed in this program do not necessarily represent or reflect those of Natural Bridges Media or Your Future is Our Business. The information provided during this program does not reflect this career in its entirety. And today, I'm excited to be joined by our guest, Burr Guthrie. Thanks for being here today, Burr. My pleasure, Jacob. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's, it's our pleasure as well, man. And uh, Burr is here to talk to us about his position as the Coordinator for Adult Education in PVUSD. Now, I guess let's start there. What, what does that title mean, and what, what is your role? How do you perform the tasks that you have ahead of you? So um, PVUSD, as you know, is probably now Pajaro Valley Unified School District. Within our district, we have an adult ed program. It's known as Watsonville Aptos and now Santa Cruz Adult Education. We run the adult ed program. We also provide adult ed services in Santa Cruz. We're the providers for the whole county. It's a pretty big program. We've got about 2,000 students per year. These are adult students. Our largest program is English as a Second Language. It's about 1,700 students in that program that kind of cycle through our classes. I can tell you, as probably you all know, I'm not sure of your audience, Jacob, but I suspect they've had a little experience in trying to learn a Second Language. It's not easy. Our students are adults, they're 18 and over, and they're working, they're parents, sometimes they have barriers. So learning a language takes a lot of time and practice and they work hard and they come here at night or in the day if they can. Right now it's all online and they're they're trying to learn English. We also have a high school diploma and a GED program. Got maybe three or 400 students through that all year. We offer career technical education programs like certified nurse assistant, medical assistant, uh, cake decorating, Microsoft certification, 3D printing, pre-apprenticeship. There are three administrators here. We have a director, an assistant director, and myself as the coordinator. And the three of us oversee all of our programs We have about a $3 million annual budget. We have about 35 teachers. Most of our teachers are part-time. We have about 15 staff people who help run the systems behind everything. So it's a pretty good sized team. We have classes morning, afternoon, and evening. Again, everything is pivoted to online learning. So what does that mean for me? I'm here in my office. We don't have any teachers here. Next week is the last day of school. Everything's online, but normally there are students here. Really, I I love going into classrooms and and, uh, I'm a former teacher, so I like to connect with teachers and students. And I like to let students know that my job is to help and support their teacher so that they can help you. So um, I'll help teachers that might need some new instructional materials. They might need a new smart board or a new computer in their classroom. 
So really supporting teachers, we, the three administrators here, we have to do annual evaluations for all of our staff. Um, the directors handle most of the budgeting, but sometimes I help them with that. We are an accredited school by WASC. Uh, that involves a lot of reporting. We have a little bit of federal money. I do a lot of grant writing and accountability. I do a lot of stuff, whatever our directors need me to do, I try to do. Yeah, absolutely. It sounds like you have several different roles in your in your position here. So can you go a little bit more into detail and please feel free, free to repeat anything for our new listeners now. What kind of education and, and training did you have to go through to to be able to do all that you're doing here now? What makes a good administrator is training as a teacher and being a teacher. So almost every administrator, and I, I would bet your father also, Jacob, at one time was a teacher. I was a teacher and I had a, a supervisor who said, can you help me with this budget or report? That was really helpful. Maybe you should consider being an administrator. So the training to get back to your question was as a teacher, to be an administrator, you need a special credential and that's usually combined with a graduate program. So I, I thought about it and I wasn't real thrilled about becoming a manager, but I was passionate about my work helping immigrants and other marginalized people. And I felt good being a teacher and to help my director with reporting or accountability. But um, he really convinced me. I have a great mentor. And he said, I know you're not crazy about being a manager, but our field needs people like you. So please think about it. So I did. And I went ahead and I got that graduate degree and it came with an administrative credential. And off I went. And then I had to go up to Oakland to get some experience. And I'm lucky I've come back to Santa Cruz County. Yeah, sure. You're absolutely right. My father, he did start out in teaching. I think it, his first teaching job was in math. And given his math skills now, it still baffles me. Um, I just can't wait for him to hear that later. Uh, so it's it's interesting that you you mentioned a couple times just now that you were you went into the administration part and managing and that managing at first you weren't necessarily excited about. You knew it was good for your career, it sounded like, in, in moving forward in life. So how, how did you, what did you tell yourself to get over that hurdle? Because I, I know if I, if I need to do something that I'm not a fan of, my motivation just goes down and it's really difficult to, to actually do these important tasks that need to be done. So how, what did you tell yourself to keep motivated and doing something that didn't necessarily sound fun or exciting or fulfilling at first? To be perfectly honest, it's a skill set that I'm still developing. Managing people is, is really hard for me. Some people are natural leaders, but what kept me going was my passion for this work. And I thought, I, I'm going to work on that, that thing I don't like, and I'm going to try to get better at it and um, be true to my heart and make sure that I was doing what I wanted to do and to help so I've really fallen in love with the occupation of working with this population of adult learners. And I thought if, if I can affect positive change 
And if it means becoming a manager, I'm going to do it. So I'm still working on some of those skills, but um, I love and I miss teaching too. And a quick note that might help you and your audience understand what I've talked about is my passion. I got out of college in 1986 and for about 15 or 20 years, I had a variety of interesting jobs. You know, I was taking care of myself, but they weren't really fulfilling. At some point, it was around 1995, I took a trip. I'd saved a bunch of money and I wanted to learn Spanish by immersion. So I took a trip to Central and South America for eight months. And while I was living in Ecuador, I met some Americans and they recruited me to teach English to Ecuadorian professionals. And it was such a great time. I had substitute taught kids in Santa Cruz before, but working with adults was really opened things up for me. And these are students that wanna be there. They're motivated, unlike kids who don't really wanna be there. So adult learners are coming to us. They're not being told. And they have this thirst to learn. So they're very motivated. There's very little discipline. And so that's what I fell in love with teaching English as a second language and working with immigrants to help give them a better grounding. And still to this day, some people ask me what my job is. And sometimes I'll try to explain adult ed, but an easier term is my job is immigrant integration. Wow. Okay. That sounds much more important that way. And it obviously is. It's, it's amazing that you're helping with this, with these wonderful tasks. What, what is the, the common misconception when, if you first were to say uh, that you're in adult education, what do people normally form in their mind? A lot of people don't know about adult education and they may think of night school mm -hmm. um, to finish high school or to take a computer class or even more enrichment classes like I'm going to learn a Spanish or I want to learn yoga or knitting or join a book club. And sometimes those are enrichment programs that adult ed has. But for me, it's the important work. We have a lot of marginalized people in the world and there's no shortage of that in Santa Cruz County. These are important people who are huge contributors to our local economy and our rich, diverse fabric of life here. Some of them don't speak English real well, but they are important people. You know, it's really a joy to help somebody who works in the fields to get their English to a place where they can get into a college program and maybe make a transition to a better career and to take care of their family. We help a couple of hundred people each year get their citizenship. Several hundred people a year who slip through the cracks of high school, they come back to us. We have a flexible schedule. We're gonna help them get their high school diploma or their GED, and that will help them get to their next step. That's amazing. Did, did you, if you can, if you can bring your mind back to when you were eighth grade, did you ever imagine that you would be in the shoes that you're in today? That, that Did you know you would get into education this way or at all? No, I didn't. I had no idea that I would get into education. 
it was probably in the late 80s. I had some friends that were teachers. And back then, you could take a short test to get an emergency credential. And that would allow you to be a substitute teacher. So I tried that. And I was a substitute teacher at Harbor High, Westlake Elementary. And it was a struggle for me. I had a principal say, uh, that was a great lesson, but you got to put the stick down and you got to manage those kids. There's that thing about managing people again. It's, it's not easy. And I'm still learning. I, uh, I have kids and you know, trying to manage them is a handful. <laughs> it's, I it's never a imagined I would be doing this kind of work. It's, it's great that you could find yourself into something so as fulfilling as this. For those who are just tuning in, you're listening to What to Be at KSQD 90.7 FM in Santa Cruz. I'm Jacob Sheckman, and today we're speaking with Burr Guthrie and learning about his career journey to becoming the coordinator of adult education in the Pajaro Valley Unified School District. Now, all right, we are going into your questions, Shoreline students, so let's get them in. I have see one here so far, and I, do you speak any other languages? You mentioned English and Spanish. Uh, I saw during your sabbatical uh, that you mentioned to us you were in Asia for a while, so did you happen to pick up any third languages out there? You know, I have such respect for our students who are learning English. As I said, it's, it's hard, and if you have any ESL in the audience, they know they may have come here speaking Spanish to learn English is hard. So I've been studying Spanish for a long time and I'm not perfectly fluent. During my travels in Asia, I did not pick up a third language. I learned a lot of phrases though. And I worked in adult ed in San Jose and Oakland and Berkeley. And I picked up a lot of phrases in other languages, Mandarin, Thai, but uh, I don't speak a third language. Uh, any, um, this question comes back to something I asked earlier, where if, if you had imagined, if you ever knew that you would be in this field that you're in now, now, did you ever think, or I guess let's phrase it this way, if you weren't an administrator, what other careers do you think you might have gone into? What what other interests did you have that maybe your life would have gone if you didn't go into administration? Well, I, I moved to California in 1986, a fresh out of college with a business degree, in my college career, I, I got a lot of credits being on a radio show. We had a, a college radio station, and it was really fun for me to, to be a DJ and to help other people produce shows. So I moved to Santa Cruz, and I thought I wanted to get into the radio business. So I volunteered at KUSP, which is gone now. And I tried to get jobs in radio, and I never could. And um, I did some temp work. And I finally got a job on the west side in Santa Cruz with an herbal company. And I was, I did their accounting and their payroll for a few years. And the owner there got me into sales and I was into the health food industry selling herbal tea. And uh, it was fun work. Um, there's some interesting people. I was, I just, it wasn't fulfilling. So I took a sabbatical to South America and I decided I wanted to be a teacher of adults. All right. We have our first Ask Out Loud question here. Julian, you can go ahead. You are unmuted. Feel free to ask your question now. What is the most challenging part of your job? It's a great question. I talked to Jacob earlier. So 
when you become an administrator in a school or a college, part of an administrator is you have to manage people and you recruit teachers and recruit clerks. It's personally for me, it's hard to, um, it's a skill I'm still working on, but imagine when you, a good friend, giving critical feedback to people can be hard. Imagine telling your friend something that they don't want to hear. It's really an art of having a conversation with somebody and you need to give them critical information, which is really just another word for, I need, I need you to improve in some area. So it's a real skill to, to be critical of somebody without hurting their feelings. So there's a way to be critical where you're lifting somebody up. And so a skill I work on when you're working with a teacher who needs improvement, there's a way to talk to them where they will surface the problem so that I don't have to. For example, you, you might say, well, I was in your classroom and I observed that maybe not all of the students were really engaged. And during that time, you were delivering a lesson on the past tense. And you're, you can talk to somebody where they may say, you know, I forgot to do this or that. And so they're doing the work for you and you're, you're helping them to identify an area of improvement so that I don't have to say that. And to be really supportive and nurturing, it's a hard thing to be a boss, to have to reprimand somebody. It's really hard for me. Other people, it may come naturally. Um, I hope that answered your question. Yeah. Excellent question, Julian. Thank you very much. Uh, another question we have here. I, relative, what does a day at work look like? And we'll, let's say we're in, uh, I say this all the time, a normal, uninhibited, non-COVID world. Yeah, I miss those days. It seems so long ago. A normal day, I, um, I mentioned night school. We have a lot of night classes, every four nights a week, usually. And there are three administrators here. So I, I spend at least two nights here for our night classes. We try to have an administrator wherever we have teachers and students. Three days a week, I, I come to work at 8 or 8.30. Um, I check in with the office staff. Is everything going okay? All the photocopiers working. Everything's working. All the teachers checked in. Um, I try to spend an hour or so walking through classrooms just saying, how's everybody doing today? I'm Burr, I'm the coordinator. I'm here to support your teacher. How are you? So I like to connect with students. I'll make sure I address the teacher. Is there anything I can do for you? Yeah, my computer's broken. Can you help me with technology? And then I'll spend time in my office. It's important that we stay on top of communication. There's a lot of emails. I may be working on a grant doing some budgeting. I may be working on teacher evaluation. We're always planning. We're talking to people who have ideas for a new class. Hey, how about a 3D printing class? Do you guys need a 3D printing teacher? So we're always engaging with new teachers and new ideas. Um, we spend a little time going to conferences, mostly all local, sometimes Southern California. I spend a lot of time in meetings. A lot of people hate meetings. I have to go to a lot of meetings. 
what's really important now, I believe, is to, to spend time connected with the students and the teachers to make sure you're, make sure you're meeting student need. Listening to students, we, we try to have a student council and give a space for students to, to give us critical feedback, like, hey, the bathroom's really dirty or the parking lot is not safe at night or, you know, this teacher is excellent or that the computers in the lab are bad. Can you help us get new computers? It's important to me to stay connected with students to make sure we're meeting their needs. So um, a typical day, this is not a boring job. I don't spend more than an hour in my office at a time. I like to walk around and, and connect with students. I go to meetings at Cabrillo College or at the County Office of Ed, some of our high schools down here. It's really dynamic and it's not boring. It's, it's great, I recommend it if you're interested in education. Uh, I'll invite any of you to connect with me beyond here. I can give you my contact information. It's a really rewarding career, um, education, whether you're teaching or supporting teachers. On that note, we actually have a question from one of our students. Uh, what piece of advice would you want to provide to someone into administration or even just into the field of teaching? Give it a try. You can. There are a few ways to do that. Schools, whether we're talking about elementary, middle, or high school, always need help. You can volunteer. Some teachers love volunteers. You can get into a classroom, see how you like it. If you know you want to be a teacher or an administrator, get your credential, find your subject expertise, get your credential in that area. Try to discover what age group you want to work with. I would say get some experience teaching before you jump into administration. Uh, it's really important you understand what teachers go through and what their life is like because as an educational administrator, you have to support teachers. So it's important to understand what a teacher's life is like. Absolutely. And then we have another question here. Uh, this wants to know a bit more about you. When you're not at work, what, what sorts of hobbies do you have to help keep yourself busy? Uh, thank you for asking. Um, I, I am a living room musician. I don't, don't perform, but I love to play music. I play guitar and bass, and I collaborate with some friends. I don't like to perform. I'm not a professional. It's a hobby. It's it's kind of my creative outlet. Um, I like to kayak. I live in the Monterey Bay, and uh, when there's not too many sharks out there, I like to paddle around. I mentioned to Jacob that I started my family later in life. I have two kids, uh, fifth grade and second grade, so I spend time with them. I like to hike around in Monterey and Santa Cruz County. Um, I love traveling, but I haven't done a lot of traveling since I had a family. So reading, I like to read. Awesome. All right. Plenty, plenty of stuff for you to do to, to keep busy. All right. We're approaching our last few minutes here. Do you have any, uh, we'll say outgoing, just career advice for our listeners now and our students in the classroom? I do. I, um, I like many people, I, um, my parents didn't kick me out of the house, but when I finished high school, you know, they encouraged me to go to college that senior year. I had applied to a few and I, I wasn't the strongest student in high school and I wasn't sure, but um, 
I went to college and I moved away from town. And uh, I think I might've been better served to take a year off before I went into college. And um, I didn't do great in college until my last year. And then I was really focused. So um, college is expensive, so you gotta be ready for it. And that's a, that's a really broad question, but I, I tried my hand in a few different things. You know, I tried uh, to be a business guy and um, I, I think I succeeded, but it wasn't fulfilling in my heart. So I, I tried a few different things in business and, and I had some fun, got some good experience. And then I found teaching and I fell in love with that. So I would say, try to get some different experiences and talk to people who you feel like you can talk to. Absolutely. It's interesting you say that a lot of our guests uh, have have talked about having that year off at some point in my life. I mentioned to you earlier that I'm on my my year off. And I want to clarify for everyone listening, this isn't just a year for everyone to just take a, a, a break and not do anything. Maybe you need to get away from, I needed to get away from my stresses. But I think what Burr was trying, was trying to say here is this is a year for you to gain on your experiences and learn. This isn't a, a vacation year, but it is really important for you to consider at this time. Well, not after eighth grade, maybe after 12th grade or after college. So we'll get to there. Anyways, thank you, Burr, for coming on so much. I really appreciate it. And I've had a great time with our conversation today. I really appreciate it, Jacob. I'll put my contact number in the chat box. Awesome. All right. Thank you. And thank you to all of our listeners for tuning in to today's career story. I'm Jacob Sheckman, and this is our show, What to Be, with today's guest, Burr Guthrie, the coordinator of adult education in the Pajaro Valley Unified School District. If you have any questions or would like to share your career story with us, send us an email at whattoberadio at gmail.com. If you enjoyed our show, please join us again at 90.7 FM K-Squid Santa Cruz at 7 p.m. on Sundays, stream online at ksqd.org, or visit our website, yfiob.org, for more ways to listen. Thank you, and see you next time.